and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four-season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. It was a hard old slog on Friday night for both sets of supporters, but Bristol eventually came out on top, beating Bath 15-13 and completing a league double. Find out how we felt after this derby victory and who stood out for us on the pitch. We'll also look ahead to the visit of high-flying Northampton Saints to the gate on Friday night. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, boys, I nearly said miles then, but... Um, well, up to 20 minutes ago, he was he was still in the mix, wasn't he? He, he was still in the mix. Lee, I've got to say, thank you very much for hosting at the last minute. You're welcome. Sorry about all the, the happy birthday balloons and the banners all around the place because it's my daughter's birthday tomorrow. But uh, we managed to, to swing it, didn't we, at the last minute? We did. I've got to say as well, Pete, 20 minutes to go, we get that message on our Instagram group. You could tell the angst in every character and syllable of Miles's message, couldn't you? Well, yes, he was. Uh, he obviously disor- was a bit disorganised, mismanaged his whole life, yeah, and clearly, you know, let us down. And I don't know what to say, really. I mean, it's shambles, isn't it? I mean, where are his priorities? Where do they lie? Well, clearly yeah. not with us. <laughs> no, clearly not with us. Yeah, um, I think there's got to be some learnings there for him. Well, I mean, to be honest. This is this is the equivalent of you know when a player doesn't turn doesn't turn up on time to a team meeting and then gets dropped for the next game. Yeah. Or, or uh, you know it's a disciplinary. To is be it? fair, isn't it? Yeah, we'll get the kangaroo court after we finish recording, Whoa. and we'll work out a suitable punishment. I, I'm seriously considering bringing the Christmas tree back in in place for uh, Miles next week. What do you reckon? Yeah. Well, I think I know it's be- not seasonal, but. Reliable, reliable at least. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think a lot of uh, a lot of the listeners would be happy with that, wouldn't they? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Anyway, Pete, how are you? Um, I, I, can I say I'm sure there are hundreds and hundreds of listeners all around the world, just so pleased to hear your voice that you survived the big op on Thursday. Uh, well, yeah. I am alive, and I've got to say, it was a, a fairly minor keyhole surgery that's been a long time coming, but I must admit, I, I booked in at seven in the morning on Thursday, and I was first on the list, and I was lying on the slab at about half eight, and I was I was thinking my life, well, it only took about two seconds, my whole life went, went before me, and I thought, is this it? Was that the last pod I did last... Last, last Sunday was it the last time I said hello to my mates and my friends and, uh, and I, us as well I said to, yeah, and you and uh, I said to the anaesthetist I said how how long is it going to take before I before I uh, before I kind of go under and then the next thing I knew I was waking up <laughs> oh, it was brilliant it's the best thing ever I want to do it again now, and I've got to say, Miles, uh, Miles offered to host at, uh, at the mansion, which is probably, what, about two-thirds of the distance to Lee's yeah. house? Yeah. With uh, no steps to actually get in, you've had to walk all that extra way on your, your, your operated knee, up all the steps... 
Past the stinky trainers, my, the, the obstacle course on the on, on the landing. I know. Well, I, I, I gave myself plenty of time. I left at lunchtime, so <laughs> I managed to get here on time. Hobbled my way over. Excellent, excellent. Well, let's talk some rugby. Um, Friday the 24th of February, Bath 13, Bristol 15. Lee, I've got to say that, you know, we'll talk about the game in a minute, but for me... And I think for Bristol supporters, beating Bath, it's like having a dump. It's, you kind of, however convoluted the process is, there's always a sense of satisfaction when you've got the job done. And I was oh, extremely well put, so. And actually, that does make a lot of sense now you've explained it to me. And, and yeah, it was. And, I do think we'll we obviously we'll get on to talk about the game soon, but that was a very convoluted eighty minutes, wasn't it? Convoluted or convoluted? convoluted sorry, convoluted, convoluted eighty. Minutes I'd either. say it was more a uh, constipated eighty minutes, to be honest. It could have been. Yes. Yeah, it, it's it, it's funny. I've seen so many people on social media and, and myself as well that dr- yeah, we'll take the win, but just felt a bit empty at the end of that because yeah. we're keeping the analogy going aren't we yeah um but dressed it felt almost a little bit that you know we got away with it well we did get away with it yeah we did get away with it i mean we were marginally the better of two really poor sides weren't we and i mean it wasn't the advert for west country rugby that we were all hoping it would be um but having said that we would all take the win you know whichever way it comes but it was just, yeah, I, I guess I don't think I've ever felt more numb to mm. a victory. Than against them lot. Against well. them lot, yeah. At, you know, at the end of the game, it was almost like, oh, I'm really pleased we won, but yeah. it just felt oh, hollow. I almost. mean, with a, with a derby, you don't necessarily expect, you know, quality rugby, as it were, or, or um, high-octane rugby, but... That one on Friday, to be honest, they were, it was just they they offered absolutely nothing. So there was there was no they weren't even pretending to to try and spin the ball out wide. So there was no kind of rugby excitement from their point of view. And then from our point of view, every time we tried to do it, we just kept dropping it or um, you know or, or making a wrong decision, and, and therefore we not we we didn't get any momentum going. I mean, we talk about momentum swings in games, but to me, there was just one massive lack of momentum all the way through, which kind of rendered it a really odd feeling, like you say, because it was really hard to get the adrenaline pumping. It was just, you know, we at least try. I mean, thank God for Bristol, at least have a game plan that involves passing the ball wide. Mm. The fact that none of them, you know, half the time they dropped it or kicked it or shanked it or whatever, was disappointing. And, and that didn't add to the quality of the derby. But God, I mean, you know, what? I mean, Bath just... The fact that they were so close to winning as well mm. just says it all as well. Yeah, it was, it's, as you say, it was soul-destroying. I think there was a stat at half-time. Well, there was two stats that stood out for me. One was the fact that we'd given away 12 penalties to their two. Mm. So, you know, six times more penalties. Uh, and also, I think they said, and I think I'm right about this, that they said 60% of our possession in the first half ended with us making a mistake. Yeah. And that's, you know, not getting tackled into touch or no. just 
giving away Just a penalty, a dropping it, uh, forward pass, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and. Wow. It just just beggars belief, really. Well, let's let's talk about the game, Lee. I mean, I, I made um, some notes as I was watching it. Like first first fifteen minutes, I just put dire. Yeah, <laughs> it was. And I mean, yeah. both teams, nobody could get any possession, any control of the ball. But then we get a little bit of semi Ranrandra magic, don't we? Yeah, we we did, and it was. You know, it's one of those breaks that it, we paid all that money for Sammy to make, wasn't it? And, I mean, it, it really was. He beat the gain line and and it was it was beautiful, wasn't it? Because like you say, that first 15 minutes was so dire and it just needed that little bit of brilliance from someone. And obviously Sammy stepped up and did it and it was a, an amazing break off later Williams and... You know, Williams, as he's done for the last couple of games, the strength that he showed to get across the try line and dap the ball down. And it almost then, it it felt, for me anyway, it felt like that could be the momentum changer. That could be the Mm. one kind of uh, spark of excellence that kicks the team on. And and it was a, a brilliant try. And then I thought, right, come on in, boys, let's turn the screw now. Let's let's get going, you know. No, absolutely, because Ranranja, Nualago, they looked up for it, didn't they, Abitoye? Um, And then, Pete, it was a procession of penalties. I think, was it eight in a row, the the penalties from about 26 minutes to 34, 35 minutes? Um, But, yeah, I think it was from one of those penalties that they they got back in the game with the the retry. Yeah, I mean, I, I said earlier there was no momentum, but there was certainly some penalty momentum from us then, wasn't there? And yeah, I think there'll be one or two people might argue against, but even but that's still a massive error count. And I think you know, it's I don't know. I, I we've been there before, haven't we? And it's a it kills any sort of go forward that you have. As as Lee said, we that try. I think it was after a twenty eighteen minutes a semi try. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a proper top quality team that is operating at the highest level would have kicked on from that 18 minutes yeah. and would have scored two or three more. And we, we we put ourselves in positions to try and do that. And then inexplicably, and it's all very well saying the penalty count killed us. It's like not the penalty count that's killing us. It's, it's our players making mistakes yeah. or the, the team making yeah. mistakes yeah. killing us. Now, I don't want to blame players, you know. God, I mean, look, I mean, I wouldn't want to be out there, obviously. And they, you know, there's not with no your knee, mate. Not with you, my knee. You wouldn't, and, get, you uh, wouldn't get in the 23. No. And, uh, you know, and nobody goes out there to do it on purpose. But at some point, you have to say, at what point do you. Like, do you coach people not to give away penalties, or or how does this stop? You know, is there not anybody on the pitch saying hold off for half a yard, or I don't know? It's really hard, and I know it's really easy to criticise and difficult to do. So, yeah, I mean, that was the story of the the rest of the half, really. Um, you know, we just lost opportunities, well, you, and we I mean, were losing at half time. You say it's difficult to do, but actually, other teams don't do it, not to the same extent that we do. Uh, I mean. You, you remember, like, we're old enough to know, like, you know, to watch to watch the French team in the 80s. And you knew full well, if you got about them, the ill discipline mm. would, would come out. You know what I mean? Even if it was a close game, you just had to do a little bit to rile them. And, and you're, but we, we just seem to make, uh. like, just constantly, game after game, ill discipline 
gang management all over the shop and and you're just thinking like what, what how are we not learning again i mean we got through this one by the skin of our teeth but we're still we're still not learning anything I mean, at all are we i mean obviously in training teams of practice stuff I think obviously the difference is is that you're under pressure in a game and, and it's this this slight difference of how do you think clearly under pressure we talked about this a lot in the past and mm. it's a famous kind of phrase thinking clearly under pressure but surely you've got to like create situations in training where people are practicing making decisions under pressure um, so that when they come to the game it's not like the first time that week that they're having to make decisions under pressure. Now, I'm sure they do it. I, we don't know because it's a black box to us what goes on in training. But clearly some teams are better at yeah. either doing it or coaching that into their players. Well, even if you take training aside, we've been in enough games this season to have learned yeah. how to deal with the pressure in actual game time. But from game to game, it's almost like we wiped that game out. Yeah. Our memory's gone. And then we, we go into the next round of games and the same thing happens again. So uh, taking that point aside, they're training, yeah, we, they, they must do that. But even in the games that we've played this season, we still don't seem to be learning. Well, we, we've talked about two, for mm. me, there were, were three things that stood out for, from a Bristol perspective in that first half. Obviously, they, obviously there was Semi's pirouette. Mm. Oh. James's finish, uh, Jimmy's finish to, to score on his birthday, his first Premiership try. And the other thing was um, Ipatoye's try saving tackle. Mm. Oh, yeah, brilliant. That, you know, that really was superb uh, from a defensive point of view. Yeah. So they've scored, they make it 7 all. Uh, we get the down their end. I think it was New. Was it, who, who was it? Somebody. Lango. Blocks the, the kick off. Uh, the, oh, yeah. The clearance. Yeah. Nualango. Oh, it was him. It was him. him. It was his charge down, yeah. And then he gets the ball, juggles it, and then Thacker comes through, scores what we thought was a try. Yeah. Now, I, seeing it live, I kind of didn't know. To me, there wasn't an obvious knock-on, but I wasn't sure. But I'm really interested to get your views on two things one the angles do you think that ball did get knocked on and then the the referee's decision to basically not really yeah. look, look look at, at more it. than one angle to, yeah. to, to see well Pete I mean I, yeah live it juggled around a bit it didn't look obvious referee was on the spot I mean we're not there so he's right next to it he obviously gives it as a knock on but I mean the angle. It, I mean the comment. I mean I can only go with what the commentators were saying, and they didn't seem to think it was a knock on. And and I think it initially juggled off Seaver's hand, but but then he pushed it back. Yeah, and it. Bounced I think it was back, fairly it? clear. I mean, I, unless I'm missing something, it, it seemed fairly clear to me that that was. I thought that'll get overturned. Uh, and it didn't seem it. like the TMO got any unless we I don't know whether we could hear the TMO was the TMO on the, on the comms because we I didn't seem to hear it, it no. at all so I, I don't know what we, this is where some, this is where it becomes difficult for fans because in other games you hear exactly what the TMO's saying yeah. and we couldn't hear anything could we we could just see Carly saying oh we'll have a quick look see if it's just check for the knock on not, not a try just check it was a knock on and then he's it's like yeah knock on it's like whoa mm. well what's, what's the TMO said to you yeah 
Um, so it, to me, uh, yeah, with that, you know, it's always very difficult. You're not right on the spot, but it seemed a very dodgy decision there. So for me, watching it live, it was it went backwards all day long, and even on the replays, three or four replays, it all went backwards, mm. and I just felt we were absolutely robbed. And I know we could get into, I mean, the whole the whole Carly thing was was a bit of a, a shit show, really, wouldn't it? I mean, there's I, you know, a lot of our supporters always blame the referee, and and we're we're pretty good, we're pretty balanced, I think, and. Mm. You know, unless we really do feel the referees had an awful game, we we don't mention it. But I did feel Carly was just shocking. Yeah, I really did. But I do also think it's important to say this is just my opinion: is that we didn't lose, uh, we didn't only just win that game because of the ref. Mm. I think no, no, not at all. We were, you know, he's just one factor. Yeah, he did give us penalties, and did we make the most of penalties we got all the time? Not necessarily. So, but I agree with you that that, and who knows. You know, you never know. What ifs are such a dangerous thing to get into, isn't it? What if we had scored then? We might have gone on and won by 30. But who knows, you know, but it might have st- spurred Bath on a bit because they were so passive that they might have come back and started playing a bit more. Who knows? Who knows? I just find it amazing, especially with Matthew Carley, the things that he misses, you know, that are so, like, I think, blatantly obvious. And yet the things that he picks picks up on yeah. are things that you just think, wait. I mean, it is hard being a ref, though. I, I, one of my mates who I used to work with got to a reasonable level at refing and gave up because it was too too much commitment. And he did say that the trouble is you get to any breakdown, you're running there to any breakdown. There could be, you know, two or three things going on. And you pretty much go for the first thing you see, and you know sometimes you get it wrong. Yeah, but that's why, you got, that's why you've got TMOs. Well, that's why you've got that's the TMO and the assistant ref. So that you're absolutely right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they go down the other end, uh, get a penalty, uh, and go in half time at ten uh, seven up. I mean, what were your thoughts, Lee, at half time? Uh, frustration, I think, more than anything else. Mm. Just, just really frustrated the fact that it was a game that I've, I felt was absolutely there for the taking, and again the same as what we've, you know, it is almost repeat again. And I just thought that we could have put that game to bed really by half time. We could have been far enough away mm. that the second half wouldn't have really made a lot of difference, you know. Yeah. Um, and I know that that the Bath coach was kind of waiting for sixty minutes to bring. You know what he thought was his power power hitters on, so to speak. But I just thought that game at halftime could have been out of touch, mm. out of reach, and we could have all sat back in the second half, enjoyed our beers, and yeah. and relaxed really. Yeah. Um, Pete didn't have to wait long though for uh, some scoring action from mm. Bristol in the second half. Uh, talk us through that uh, the try on 41 minutes well, for, for everything we've said about how bad it was after we've scored the first try and how difficult it was to sort of string anything together that try just proved how easy it can be to score if you get everything right yeah. it was just a textbook quick ball fast recycle people in space and AJ offloading to to semi at pace and I think Semi for once, and I think this was the genius of that try, mm. is that he didn't take it into contact, but I think the two defenders who were coming up to him did sort of think maybe Expecting he is going to bring it into mm. contact, so therefore didn't quite drift sideways as much as they might have done to cover. Mm. And then Semi did exactly the right thing. Big pass out to Siva, who still had a lot of work to do, and yeah. it was a beautiful little goose step. Mm. I mean, we all, everyone loves was a goose, it a goose step. goose step or a hitch Well... Kick? 
<laughs> you know what? I think it could have been a hitch kick. Although yeah. it all actually, you know what it was? I think it was a bit of a foot shuffle. Yeah. It was it was I don't think he even really went vertical. It went it was more mm. horizontal. So whatever it was, it, it sold the player. I think yeah. it was Gallagher. And then uh, just a great little finish, although albeit quite casual. And I One think after did. the game, Pat said, Pat said I was, he was going to have a word with him about that. It yeah. was very rugby league-esque, wasn't it, yeah. as, as would be expected. So, yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where for every everything clicked... And it's like, well, why didn't that happen more often? I know, it, it was a beautiful try. And I think uh, Lee, um, Sammy's pass, and I think Pete said there, you know, we're so used to seeing him go into contact. Yeah. But a couple of times he span amazing long distance passes. Yeah. Um, you know, I just wonder if this is a slight evolution in the way we're going to play that... Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of using Semi as the tool that we wanted him to be, wasn't it? Yeah. Because the beauty, as Peter's just said then, it, it, the beauty of it was if if those players had it drifted out wide to take Seaver, then that would have naturally opened up space. And Semi, you would have liked to have thought, would have you know, had enough nice about him to, to take it through the game line. And, and then he would have had an open space to run into anyway. So either way, it's win-win, isn't it? But I do feel like a couple of those passes that went out, out you know, wide, I thought it is something that we're, we haven't been used to seeing Semi mm. do because we've, we've all said we've used him as the battering ram, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. And I just think there's a lot more to his game. Mm. That we, you know, we've said that for weeks, mm. haven't we? And, and just having that kind of, um, you know, that ability to be able to switch it. But also, more importantly, for the opposition... If they're not quite sure what yeah, to do, absolutely. then that's creating chaos in, in their ranks. And then, you know, as yeah, it was. And also, I wanted to say as well, you know, I don't want Pat Lamb to have a go at Siva about that, that, the touchdown, because at the end of the day, that's Siva doing what he feels naturally good mm. at doing. Mm. If, you, if you start putting stuff in his head, mm. you know, well, you've got to duck it down with two hands. You know what I mean? He's thinking too much. Mm. That was a natural reaction for him to do. So, yep. personally, you know, he's going to score one-handed, you know, quite easily. His hands are more than big enough. So for me, just let him be. Let him do what he does naturally and, and not mess around with it. Yep. And then, you know, again, I was thinking at home, I watched it on the TV. I was thinking, right, we're going to kick on now. We are going to kick on. And then um, AJ gets the yellow card on 52 minutes, Pete. I don't know. I felt that was a little bit harsh. I think it was harsh. It ultimately didn't cost us that much in the end. It was three points. It was mm. just the penalty, wasn't it? I mean, it was perfect symmetry with the first half, wasn't it? A, a great start in the second half. And then, uh, you know, it didn't really push on from there. Yeah, I think it... I don't know. I mean, he got done for not rolling away, but we had a look at it, didn't we, just before the pod boys. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he made a move, tackle. He? he got mm. a great tackle. He's slightly on the wrong side. But the Bath guy coming in... It's just, it's just Pins like leap, it's, it's, it's straddling him, and yeah. then, and even as AJ's trying to get out of the way, he puts his, he puts his hand on AJ's back. It's like, come on, ref, or come yeah. on, somebody. But 
again. But actually, it wasn't blocking their scrum. No, I mean, the ball came out pass. really quick. It was yeah. as quick. It was the quickest ball Bath had all yeah. night. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is the irony of it. Yeah. I mean, he. <laughs> I mean, you know, the the ball was so slow for Bath for the rest of the match. That must mean we must have had people with hands in the ruck actually all the time, slowing it down according mm. to the ref. But uh, if he if he gave that one, so yeah, it was disappointing. Uh, but. You know, what I like about players, though, and stuff is that I, I still like this about rugby. However frustrated we were and swearing at the telly about that, you know, the, they take it on the chin, don't they? And they just trot off and, mm. you know, there's not too much back chat. Well, there isn't any back chat. And uh, I think Harry Randall just had a kind of had a <clears throat> raised his eyebrow a little bit. And, you know, yeah. and that's and that's what we've got to remember. That is a good thing about the game, mm. even how frustrating it is. But, yeah, luckily it didn't really, it didn't really... Well, it didn't really kind of penalise us in the sense that we didn't lose any points. But of course, when you've got 14 men on the pitch, you're not necessarily going to attack quite as well, are you? And that's interesting. I just want to pick up on Randall because he was made captain for the night. Mm. And uh, I forget where I read it. I don't know if it was uh, John Evely in the post um, was talking about him coming out of his shell, evidently in training. I think Genji punched him. And he punched Genji back. So. Did he? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because um, there was some England. There was a, last year when there was a when Randall was in the England squad. I saw a, there was like a behind the England's YouTube thing, and and it's when Genji was like vice captain and one of the and there was a little moment where Randall and the forwards uh, they're all talking about something. And Genji said something, and the four was about to go away, and then Randall goes, actually, one from me, and everyone's walking away from that. And then you see Genji turn around to him and say, no, 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 mate, if you want to say something, you've got to say it early. Mm. You've got to... And it, it's... I mean, there. I wonder whether there has been this little mentoring going on uh, where Genji said to Randall, you know, you've got to stick your... If you've mm. got to say something, you've got to say it. You don't mm. wait until the... You know, I've said it. If you want to say it, get in there. And I, I think... Clearly, that is leadership skills have developed, haven't they? Over a- well, you think that you know, there's a lot of players on that pitch that have got a lot more experience, a lot more mm. Bristol Bears ap- uh, appearances, and for Pat to give him the captaincy at Bath, knowing yeah. that you know, like Joycey was well, playing, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that's quite a well, big Joyce- statement. And Joycey's missed out on his golden dream, hasn't he? Which was to captain, as he said in our hundred and yeah. hundredth episode. episode. Yeah, his his biggest uh, ambition was to beat Bath at the wreck as captain and he nearly did it last year mm. and then with Steve Lewatour out you must have thought oh, it's his time it's time it's time then- <laughs> but it, yeah I mean it, it does obviously show how much that kind of Randall's stepping into that the, the mantle of being like part of that leadership group yeah yeah and, and it's almost like maybe not quite the surprise that we initially thought with Sheedy, you know, when we went to the Q&A years mm. and years ago and, mm. you know, Sheedy was the name that popped up and we all thought, God, really? Um, but, you know, think, I mean, he's, you know, he's he's on the breakthrough of, you know, being an England international and, you know, his input, I mean, he's a clever, intelligent rugby player. Yeah. So his input is is valuable to the squad. I quite, I quite like a scrum half being captain as well because ultimately a scrum half is right in the thick of it mm. and, and can see a lot of what's going on mm. on both sides and, and can perhaps see what's going off going on on the other side and is right on the spot for those little quiet words Absolutely. and things like that. So, What position did you play? Scrum half. Right. Yeah. OK. Um, so Francis kicks uh, the penalty, makes it 13-12. 
Um, yeah, again, one of the other stats that came up on the tally, I think we were the third worst team in the league for giving away pen, uh, points on yellow cards or conceding mm. points on yellow cards, but to only concede the three, uh, you know, did keep us in that game. We get a penalty. AJ lands it on 65 minutes to make it 15-13. It's nail-biting stuff then, Lee, isn't it? Because you just sense that... Anything could happen, can it? That, that maybe there was one more score in that game. Um, but we were getting getting closer and closer and closer. We're breaking out, aren't we, of, of our half... Ibatoye's got the ball. I think was it somebody was outside him as yeah. well. Was it was it New yeah. Alago? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Goes to kick ahead, and what happens? Well, we did the Bristol thing, didn't we? We we completely cocked it up again, and you know, and then you, you you're almost at that point. And you're thinking, oh come on, really? You know, it, like I, I've already bitten my nails down anyway at that point. You know what I mean? So there's nothing left to bite, and and I'm thinking. We're going to end up throwing this game away, you know, and right at the death again. And it's almost like, the, like you've said earlier, Pete, Baffitt done nothing to warrant a victory in that game whatsoever. And like, no, we weren't much better, but we were on the better side. So they, they get the line out. Yeah. And then we get the infringement. Penalty to them. What was it, about three, four minutes to go? Mm. Yeah. And Pete, I don't know about you, I was thinking, well, that, that's it. That's, that just sums up today. Francis steps up. 42 metres. And misses. Very kickable. Mm. He had the distance. Just puts it the other side of the post. Yeah, I mean, and very similar to the denouement of the uh, game earlier in the season, boys, when he drifted the drop goal wide. Um <sighs> I don't know. What can you say? Oh, you, you know, we might have got back in it, but it's un- unlikely. So, um, uh, yeah, just go back to to the the reason to, to Ibitoy Gab's Gab Ibitoy's kick. I mean, I I got nothing but respect for the guy. He's, he's been brilliant. But I I would love to just ask him what was going through his head at that yeah. point. Like, why did he feel the need to kick it just there? And this is interesting pressure thing, isn't it? He must have felt that he just wanted to to get field position but but I you know it's not something he ever does because normally what he does is kind of run around with dancing feet go sideways or or use his pace and it just seemed like the most ridiculous is, thing for him to do is he See, thinking I'm going to kick it downfield I've got Nualago outside yeah. me we're going to chase it down and get some field position I, I, for me it's negating responsibility that's that's what it is it's almost like Let's get it down there, and we're almost expecting. It was the overthinking, wasn't yeah. it? It was. It was. It was kind of hoping that the next phase was coming before it actually, before it had. And actually, yeah. just focus on what you're doing, which hmm. is just run with the ball until such yeah. a point. You didn't need to make that decision at that point, did he? You no. needed to make the decision maybe five yards further on when he felt when he could feel contact coming. Yeah, yeah. And then, but it was, you know, and and it's. I'm sure he'll. He probably doesn't understand why, and I'm sure he's he's sitting down looking at that video and hopefully understand trying to work it out so that he doesn't do that again. And uh, but I'd be I'd, if I do see him in the street <laughs> for once, I might actually ask him because I think it would be interesting to know. I mean, well, that, in a nice it. way, you know. Let's face it. I mean, it, it ultimately it it really could have been costly enough yeah. for us to lose oh, the game. Absolutely. And as you say, it was a, it was a, a kickable kick. And it was in territory. It was only by luck that it drifted 
to the left of the post. And the only you know, thing going for him is the fact he didn't do that in front of the shed because that might have ended his career because <laughs> he would have gone so much. At least in front of Bath, he just he just got a sort of slight jeer. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> we actually I think almost learnt the lesson of previous weeks and. Uh, you know, we keep the ball in their half. We play a few phases. All right, Harry did kick, did a box kick, but actually it was a good box mm-hmm. kick. Yeah. And it kept them pinned back. few phases of play. And then we got Pete, that <laughs> comical moment. Was it with, you know, literally 30 seconds to go. It's a ruck. I was a little bit worried that we were going to get pinged for holding on. Yeah. Harry's there looking for the ball. Through his legs. I mean, it was not nutmegged. It was, yeah. it was nuts, yeah. I mean, it was like... I mean, I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't think I've ever... I can't remember a time where I've seen a ball come out of a ruck that quick yeah. through the scrum half's legs and him, and, have, and that scrum half had no idea what's going on. And I, I don't know who it was. Was it Thax or someone who managed to dive on it? Thank God, saved his bacon because... I mean, it was pure pantomime. It was it's behind you sort of stuff. Yeah, got. A, there must have been some bath hand there somewhere that kind just of just pushed. Yeah, you would have pun- force, punched it you? through or pushed it. It through. was very strange. But the fact that he was looking for the ball as it had <laughs> gone between his legs. But... He hadn't even bent down at that. No, point, no, had he? no, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And then uh, thankfully we did. We managed to. I think yeah. Was it? I mean, so Jan dived on the ball. Someone. I mean, even then you're thinking. You know, we could quite easily got pinged for for holding on because uh, a Bath player was right. I mean, I, and I, that split second, I thought we're going to we're going to penalised here, and then it, it um, somehow emerged again, didn't it? And and then Harry did the right thing and booted it out, booted it into yeah. the Avon, as far as I could tell. So yeah, that was good. Uh, okay, so we win fifteen uh, thirteen. Maybe not the most. You know, as as we said right at the start of the podcast. You know, it, 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 yes, we're pleased with the win, but maybe, you know, it wasn't that excitement that you think that a two-point narrow victory away at yeah. the wreck should uh, should feel inside. Let's have a look at some of the player performances then. Uh, Lee, if you take the forwards, Pete, you take the backs, uh, and then we'll uh, maybe pick up on just one or two other things uh, that were, were mentioned in the post-match uh, Analysis on BT Sport. So, okay. um, who stood out for you in the backs? Uh, the forwards, please. Uh, forwards, the, the standout for me, I don't know if you boys agree, was Big Max. Because mm. I thought that, you know, going into that game, there was the big, you know, the big uh, Aberno show, wouldn't it? And it was, you know, he's mm. going to start, you know, dictating in the scrum and he was going to win scrum penalties for Bath and, and they did that first one they, and then you, I was thinking oh my god we're going to be in trouble here yeah and then literally after that first one I thought Big Max he really did put in a shift and um, and to be honest you know to, to use a, a, a Miles phrase Jan Thomas was solid as well I thought Facker again was quite quiet you know I mean the last couple of games I think he's just been just been like kind of ticking over and not really, you I think, know. I think he plays. I think to be honest, the the, the fact that it was such a pass, it was such a error strewn performance yeah. with a team. I think he plays a lot better when things are clicking. And they're open. I think he was trying. Yeah, wasn't I he? Agree. I, I, yeah. Um, I thought Joyce and Vui again were were just kind of reliable, uh, just kind of doing the basics right. Um, 
Sam Jeffries is good to see him return. Mm-hmm. Great to see was, him. Yeah. Very dynamic around the pitch, wasn't yeah, he? He was, yeah. And, and I thought collectively we were, we were quite fast in getting in quickly as well and kind of disrupting yeah. Bath. And I thought the fact, I mean, they do play narrow anyway, but I think we, we kind of did our bit to make sure they, yeah. you know, we disrupted that. Um, and I thought Fitzharding was, was good again. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just, he's just class, isn't he? You know, mm. played six, seven, eight, and... You know he's he's Mr. Reliable and Bradbury again. Mm. I, I thought all the forwards actually no one had a bad game. No, no, absolutely. And I think it's come out since that Stephen Luatua wasn't injured. It was a family oh, was uh, issue oh. that uh, he, he needed to deal with and will be available for selection for for the Northampton oh, right. game. Yeah, so, it was surprised. So, so so that's good. Um, Pete, the backs. Well, I mean, started very well <laughs> after eighteen minutes. Because when we looked at that lineup, I thought we look. Mm. I mean, this this could be mm-hmm. this could be hard hard night for Bath. Uh, I and 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 as was proven after eighteen minutes, um, but yeah, it didn't quite work for the the whole game. Uh, I, I, yeah, Randall um, McGinty is clearly our first choice um, yeah. halfback pairing. And you know they in in patches they showed exactly why that is, and I wouldn't you know I wouldn't it wasn't it wasn't the greatest game they've had as a pairing, but individually they did some some good things, and and you know we know what they're like, so that was good. James Williams, you know again, just goes from strength to strength quite literally the way he dabbed that down, and um, and we've mentioned Old Semi, haven't we? I think it was probably his best best game in a in a bare shirt, which is the. the, the in some ways, is the, the frustrating thing is because it's all very well semi playing well, but you, it just proves that you do need the rest of the team to be uh, to be kind of on the same wavelength as well. And it's a bit of a shame, really, because it's almost like a wasted good performance by him. Although clearly we got the result. Um, but but I think I think that does beg the question that you know now he's got what looks like a solid number twelve mm, inside mm. him. Are, are we seeing the best of semi? I think mm. Jim yeah. Williams is. You know, yeah, no nonsense kind yeah. of play. I think I think it's one of the factors. It's hard. It's, it's so difficult to identify a single factor. I think clearly he's a lot fitter. Um, yeah. Maybe he's now playing with a little bit less pressure because I mean, sadly, because he's he knows he's mm. going. He's got nothing to lose. Um, but yeah, I do think there's a there's a lot to say about that, and and maybe we've just tweaked his. His personal game plan a little bit just to try and mix it up. So I think there's also a sense of loyalty to the club because let's not face it. When he's you know he spent a, a big deal of his contract mm. out injured, mm. you know, and the club supported him all the way through as as naturally they would yeah. do. And, and I feel that you know it, he's just paying a little bit back that little yeah. bit of loyalty back to the club. And I think that's you know that's, that's what we what we what we deserve really yeah. and, and a well deserved man of the match I mean oh, it, was, yeah. a, it well, was a quality appearance uh, a performance yeah. but uh, I don't think I've ever heard him speak that well much. no this is what I was going to say is is it, a, that shows two things that A he never does any, he's never put up for any media stuff and B he's only ever got one man of the match then by, the, by definition but um yeah, I mean, we met him once, didn't we? When he was getting well, into we, his car, and, and we asked him why he was wearing his wellies, and, and we just he said, "He got a smile, didn't he?" He got a smile. He said, "Because they're comfy." So we got three <laughs> words out of him. Yeah. Um, and I saw him in Tesco Express, uh, West Beyond Trim, Tesco Express, but didn't feel that I ought to uh, talk to him when he was, <coughs> you know, in his leisure time. So, 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest, we saw, I was going to say, there was two out of the three things we saw with Sammy. We saw him, we heard on that game, heard him speak, mm. saw him throw a, a few big long passes. And if he'd actually kicked the ball during the game, we would have got all three, we'd have got the hat trick, wouldn't mm-hmm. we? But um, yeah. And then just to finish off the two wingers, yeah, I mean, apart from the fantastic tackle, try saving tackle that, that Gabs did, it again, he knows that he didn't have yeah. his greatest game, and he didn't, you know, he didn't quite get the opportunities. And the one chance he did get to run with it, he inexplicably kicked it away. And then Siva, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a he's a menace, isn't he? And he's he's clearly uh, he's clearly sorted his discipline out. I mean, he's 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 great on the restarts, like he proven on that kick on that um, charge down. <sighs> a few knock-ons. He's still got a few things to learn. I think he's got a few things to learn about. You know, in the breakdown when he goes in and, and, you know, he's a bit untidy. I think it was a couple of rucks he got into and he kicked, he kicked the ball forward. And But, you know, I think that's 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 a bit harsh to, to go on about that. So it's just a shame he didn't get more opportunity to run with a bit of space in front of him. Well, that's yeah. why I think he's, he, I mean, he's clinical, isn't he? Because, he, yeah. like you say, he didn't get a lot of chance to, to get the ball in space. But he took the one chance that he did he was get a, yeah. and he was clinical. He was a bit like my knee surgeon. On, yeah, on Thursday, you know, the one chance he was straightening out, half an hour job done. <laughs> and of course, Charles, good to see uh, Charles back. And we've been oh, waiting yeah. so long for the uh, Piatau, Nualago, Ran Ranja, Holy Trinity there. And uh, maybe it didn't quite spark as we'd hoped, but uh, certainly you look at our back line now. And I don't think there's many in the Premiership that, that could really match no, that no. For, for kind of quality and just that kind of physicality and running ability. I mean, I, I guess that's why we kind of, we were all expecting quite a, yeah. a dominant, confident performance, wasn't it? You know, and it, it, all right, it's the first game they've all been together. So, you, you know, we've got to give them a little bit of a yeah. bit of leeway. But, you know, like you say, on, on their day, I mean, really. And the pitch, I mean, I, I imagine the pitch isn't the best for them. You still could question why we didn't carve out more opportunities with that back line, I think. Mm. But again, it's when you, if it's also stop start and stop start, it's very, you know, I do think even class players like that need to get a, a bit of momentum going, a bit of, you know, regular running with it rather than stopping, starting, stopping, starting. I think if that, if those, if they're all fit for, for next week, then. Uh, Ashton Gate then you know hopefully we might see something different but yeah Charles was it was good to see him back he's clearly class thoroughbred didn't really do anything massively spectacular but I'd, you know he's he's uh, he's he'd rather have him on our side than someone else wouldn't we yeah. absolutely no I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll take the spare bears but not particularly any one of them it's just an observation that I've got um and the observation is Pat definitely seems to have changed his strategy when it comes to bringing people on because, mm. you know, often we'd get to 55, 60 minutes, he'd be changing the front row. I think he brought Byrne, Woolmore, Kloska and Heenan on all at 69 minutes. So, you know, yeah. t- 10 minutes to go. But I think it's the second game. Obviously, we've won two on the try. It's the second game that McGinty and Randall have mm. stayed on well, they stayed on for the whole of this game. And mm. I think, did you Uren come on Very for like 30, 30 seconds in yeah. the previous game? So there's definitely been a change there because all through the Pat mm. years, 
either the scrum half or the fly half, one of them or even both of them would probably mm. go after after 60, 60. minutes. Yeah. Uh, so I've definitely noticed that 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 tweak in the way we, we we're using the replacements. Uh, just uh, a couple more things then that I just wanted to talk about. Um, I, for once, listened to the all the uh, post-match kind of interview. Pat was in the uh, the clubhouse there for quite a while. And uh, I think, Pete, we talked about this. Mm. A couple of really interesting things came out on his commentary. Mm. Um, one of them was talking about Jimmy Williams. And I think he said something like, the players kept saying mm. to me, you've got to play mm, Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah, he said, Jim, he, he kind of started by saying... Oh, we've had a problem. We had a problem at twelve since Ciali left, which wouldn't have been a surprising comment no. uh, for a lot of fans listening. And he said that you know Jimmy Williams ran Hartbury from ten last season. Uh, great organizer. The players said you've got to play Jimmy, and we we have definitely been talking about this on the pod. Why is he? Why did he not get an earlier start? Why haven't we, even earlier in the season? Why aren't we seeing him? And it, it, you know, clearly, uh, two things: a, we were right, yeah, and b, bidding, bidding, and b. An interesting, we it was the phrase the players told me you've got to play Jimmy, which suggests uh, a little bit more of a consensual, cooperative kind of oh. thing going on behind the scenes. And, and Pat, a, Pat actually listening, a softening of Pat Land's, yeah, you know, head, headmastertorial kind of. Outlook on and I, and I do wonder though I mean this is just pure speculation and just because we run a podcast we can say things but when he says the players say you've got to play Jimmy I wonder whether it's Genji said you've got to play Jimmy yeah I think the other thing was is ad- 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 admitting that since Piali and uh, Siali and, and uh, Tusi left yeah um, that 12's been a problem I mean, we've been saying that for for like two two years. Yeah. Why hasn't it got fixed? And the other thing for me, Lee, is as well. You know, Jimmy Williams has come in February time and done a great job at twelve. It's almost a carbon copy of last year when Frisch didn't get a look in. Then all of a sudden in the spring, yeah. he comes in and it, it it kind of solved our problem at that that position. Mm. Why why isn't Pat bringing these players through more quickly? Tone, I really wish I, I had the answer to that because we, I mean, we could say that about three or four of the players. They seem to be kind of, they seem to take so long being integrated into the, the system, you know, on the training field. And yet when they do come on, they're, they're born starters, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, I don't know, something just feels wrong about that. Like, personally, for me, I've been waiting for Morgan Eames to, to get, a, you know, get a proper run out in the team. And, the guy looks like an absolute beast. And yet, again, he's another one of those players that's just been on the training pitch and we've not heard anything from him. Yeah. And it just does feel like a lot of these players, they just kind of, you know, whatever they do, but surely they must be ready before they actually get a chance. It, it just feels so elongated before they actually I read get to wear the shirt. I'm sure I read something on the forum today or yesterday that he was playing for Chinna. Morgan Ames really yeah I could be wrong incredible incredible and the other thing I'm just going to quickly pick up because we have we have talked a lot about mm. um, a game that we were not that enamoured about um, <laughs> but uh, it was our friend Austin Healy now 
He's almost become a Bristol supporter. I don't think I've ever seen him or heard him on commentary where he's been more <laughs> critical of who we've been playing than us. I think you described Bath as rubbish yeah. and then qualified that to say their attackers rubbish. But the thing that really made me smile, did you hear it when they were talking about Finn Russell? Mm. And he said, that might not be the golden pig that everybody thinks it might <laughs> be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair uh, play to him. Yeah, OK, right, let's move on. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout and many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at bearsbeyondgate and on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Uh, Right, next game is coming up this Friday, 3rd of March. Bristol uh, at home at Ashton Gate to the high-flying Northampton Saints. Uh, well, let's uh, let's have a think about this one then, boys. But before we do, let's hear the latest Pete's Premiership preview. All right then, Tom. Um, great to talk to you again. Um, another great win for for Saints yesterday, and uh, they're now flying pretty pretty high. So before we maybe get into the detail of it, how would you kind of summarise their general progression this season? Uh, yeah, good to be back on, to be honest. Uh, Pete, nice to speak to you again. Um, general progression this season. I mean, it's been a bit of a, a bit of a roller coaster, to be honest, as it always is with the Saints. Uh, never any different. It's never boring at the Saints. Um, to be honest, it, we, we were sort of doubtful as to where they would get to um, come the turn of the year. But since then, they've had some really good wins, actually. Um, they've obviously beaten Harlequins, Leicester, Sale, and obviously most recently Gloucester. So... They're actually uh, picking up a, a lot of wins against teams that would be sort of in and around them in the table, which it seems to be everyone's in and around everybody in, in the table these days, apart from Saracens maybe. But um, yeah, and they've just started to find that sort of belief that they they got late last season when they managed to get into the top four. They've managed to start scoring a lot of points. They're conceding a lot of points, which is still a big, big worry. Um, but that sort of bonus point belief that they got towards the end of last season they won sort of six out of the last seven games in the Premiership last season you know pretty much with bonus points in every one of those and it carried them into the, the playoffs and uh, and obviously they lost to Leicester which we try not to talk about but they played really well in that game as well so um, yeah it's uh, it's been a fascinating journey I'm not sure anyone's really um, you know set in stone that they're going to make the top four or anything like that because obviously there's it's mm. such a competitive league uh, this year as it seems to be all the time now um, but but yeah belief has been building from these recent wins I think is the best way to put it yeah of course I mean you were only a a couple of like inexplicable kind of knock-ons and drop drop passes away from getting to the final last uh, last year, and uh, yeah, who knows who knows what would have happened. I mean, I'm interested to know about Phil Dowson as your kind of um, DOR. I mean, has he changed much or has he just tweaked? Uh, they've, they've sort of continued the philosophy. I mean, obviously, with the coaches um, having learned under Chris Boyd, they're going to continue that sort of philosophy that obviously Chris Boyd brought which is mm. the, the fast flowing you know attacking rugby but you know Phil Dalson was a forward um, in his playing days and he was a you know he was a tough forward as well um, yeah. and he's not going to uh, ignore you know the fact that at the end of the day unless you get at least parity up front you won't win any games so, so they know that they're well aware of that and you know they understand that but at the same point they want to 
play this style that they've got, which you know is so so entertaining when they get it right. Um, I think in the build up to the game this weekend, George Givington was sort of saying that Saints are um, that's the Gloucester boss, obviously George Givington yeah. was saying that Saints are the the best attacking team in the league, and you know the number of tries they've scored this season sort of sort of shows that. Obviously, the worry that you have. Um, at times is the amount of points they do concede on the other side of that um, and there have been times when they've conceded a lot of points you know they've, they've really struggled to shut other teams out which means they do need to you know have that high level attack to be able to win games but you know as I say as I said earlier it's always entertaining with the Saints they're not uh, they're not a boring side in any way shape or form and I think um, everyone at the Gardens really wants Phil Dowson to succeed because mm. At the end of the day, he was a huge favourite uh, when he was a player at the Saints, and it would really be lovely to think that you know uh, Saints could he could sort of develop his coaching mm. as the players are developing their own games, and you know hopefully get some success. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it's interesting you say that. I mean, I, the one thing I remember about last season's game at Ashton Gate against the Bears was the fact that your front row destroyed our front row, and it was as much about that as uh, as any amazing, expansive run in rugby. Um, I mean, what's what is your just just make us feel a bit better? What is your front row looking like for next Friday? Uh, to be honest, I mean, there's been so many injuries recently. The team that they actually put out against Gloucester uh, yesterday. You know, Gloucester were unchanged for that game, and Saints had to make seven changes in total. You know, they had five injuries to frontline starters, uh, not all in the front row or anything like that. But yeah. uh, that, that game you mentioned about the uh, the Bears against Saints last time, I, mean, I, I think, to be honest, I mean, you, you kind of almost had to take that one with a pinch of salt. I mean, we kind of did, you know, yeah. because we saw the the players that you were able to put out at that time, and I think it was. It was very difficult, wasn't it? You, Bristol were in a very difficult situation mm. for personnel at that point, and and Saints obviously did what they should have done, which was, you know, beat them in that area. Um, they had the they had the senior players available to do that. Um, you know, you'd expect it to be a far more even contest in that area this time, and obviously it will be massive because, you know, these are two sides that clearly love to play rugby, and if whichever backline gets the most ball, you know, you kind of fancy them to win the game. So. Um, it's a, it's a, I actually think it's a fascinating game this Friday. I think uh, you've just come off a bit of a, what I, what I think from what I saw, it was a bit of a slugfest at Bath, mm. which is usually what it is there. So I think it'll be a very, very different kind of game this weekend. Uh, Saints just come off a game, two games against teams that absolutely love to try to maul you to pieces. Um, and at times they have done that. Uh, so, you know, it'll be in, in a really interesting contest this Friday to see which set of forwards can get on top and then, and then which uh, what the what the backs can do if they get the ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know that the pitch at Ashton Gate is still looking pretty good at the moment, despite um, uh, quite a few games because Bristol City play on it and uh, the Lionesses played on it last uh, last week as well. So um, I think I think from uh, watching Pat Lamb's post match interview on Friday, I think you're right. I think he he looked like he was looking forward to getting back to Ashton Gate for uh, for a proper game of rugby. So yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, it will be a, a a running game and an expansive game. And, and I think, you know, with our players coming back, Randrandra back and Pieta was back on Friday, um, you know, that, that oak as well for, for the neutral as well as for, for both of us. So it's always a bit of a thankless task, but, um, you know, what do you think? What, what do you think will be the result next Friday? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I've been struggling with predictions recently. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I thought Saints would find it difficult to win at Leicester with the personnel that was, that were available there Saints won um, 
Uh, I think most people thought the Saints would have a tough time against Sale and potentially lose that loss. Mm. Sale lost players to the Simbin red card, so Saints managed to win that one. Then I was kind of, we weren't really sure because against the Gloucester team, so we were kind of unsure on that one. I mean, every week you just, you're just so unsure, and I think if you look at the results across the Premiership again this weekend, you know, it, it's just so difficult to tell. No, no one can, I mean, you could ask for a prediction. I, I, could, <laughs> no, I think it's, it, and I think, yeah. you know, Bristol are, Bristol are a very, very capable team, and I don't think there's much between anyone in this league at the moment. Maybe Saracens are a little bit out, but even they only beat Newcastle mm. by six points of players away, didn't they? Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's it's a, it's a poor question. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Let's just hope it's a good game of rugby. I mean, I think the final thing, you kind of touched on it a bit earlier, was that, um, you know, obviously you're in the top four now. I mean, do you genuinely think the Saints have got a chance of, 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 of winning the Prem? Um, I, you know, if you ended up away to, to Saracens or Sale in the in the semi-finals, you know, whoever goes to those two teams, if that is to be the top two, I mean, Saints are eight points behind Sale now. It would take a big, a big uh, momentum switch for them to manage to finish there and get a home semi-final. Um, so, you know, anyone going to Saracens and Sale, would anyone really, you know, fancy their chances against those two teams on their own patch? Probably not. But you know, one thing I've learned from covering the Saints for almost don't want to say how long now it makes me feel even older than I am but um, for like the last 12, 12 years I've been kind of covering them um, is that they can kind of beat anyone on the day and they can also lose to anyone on, the day, on their day so you just never know really and as they always say you know if you get in that top four um, you know who knows on a day Saints went to Saracens in 2013 they were given absolutely no chance turned up blitzed them in the first half and ended up at Twickenham at Leicester last season Saints turned up Blitz Leicester in the first half and didn't take any most of their chances. Went begging and ended up losing in the end when they really shouldn't have done. To be honest, so you never really know. But obviously, the main focus has to be getting in that top four. And for every team, I think at the moment they, they just ignore the other results in the league because every other result in the Premiership at the moment, you know, it just impacts the table. So you have to just look at your own results and win as pretty much every game you can win because otherwise, you know, you, you're going to find yourself outside the top four. So do I think Saints could genuinely win the title? I, I would never say never with anything with the Saints. Um, it's obviously a massive, massive ask just to finish in the top four, never mind winning at Twickenham. But, uh, you know, if they could somehow get the win uh, on Friday night against Bristol, that would that would be another huge boost for the Saints. So it's, a, it's another massive, massive game in a season full of basically. Brilliant. Well, I think that's a nice way to finish. Uh, really appreciate your time as always, Tom. And uh, yeah, I hope uh, I hope it is a good game at the very least. Great to speak to you. Take care. Well, Lee, what do you think then? Are we going to see many changes for for the Northampton game? I think the obvious one is one that we mentioned earlier. Stephen Lutua fit. I think he he will step back into the side, and I think you'll you'll probably come in for Jeffries. Um, and I, apart from that, I can't see anyone obvious mm. that that is is going to be brought back into that into that first team, that first fifteen, to be honest. And I, and again, I think with game time, that axis of you know Pietau, Siva, Semi, you know, I just feel like you know let, let's let them build up a bit at esteem, and then you know, I mean, it, it does. I'm touching wood as we speak, but it does sound like it could be a really good game on Friday mm. night, doesn't it? Because mm. Saints, we you know the way Saints will play. 
they'll come down and they'll they'll attack. They're a great side. Um, but they concede points they, as well. They mm-hmm. concede points, and it, it it could be an absolute blinder. And I didn't tell you, boys, but me old mate Paddy's coming down. So, uh, yeah, Paddy. so yeah, so hopefully the Bears have put on a bit of a performance for him. Well, even my uh, my missus and my two daughters are coming as well. The old mates' rates. Well, so, they'll be drinking after the game, like yeah. Paddy will. Not Good quite show. like not, Paddy. Not quite like Paddy, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Your missus is a bit, bit of a Northampton Saints well, she, fan, isn't she? She did when she her first job after she left. She went to Loughborough, so she 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 did a uni in the East Midlands, and she worked uh, in that area for a few years. So she used to go and watch a bit of Northampton Saints. Um, so yeah, so she's. Uh, I mean, she doesn't know who any of the players are or anything like that. But, <laughs> yeah, but you know, she she's got some sort of vague interest, and and also she can uh, keep the other keep the girls in happy she's, as well. She's not going to be wearing a half and half scarf, is she, Pete? I, I don't think so. That wouldn't be allowed, would it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I, I think you can't see many changes to that fifteen. I think you know, yeah. does Woolmore come in maybe for Yan? They they swap rounds. Um, you know, I thought Joe Joyce looked like he was carrying his shoulder a little bit in yeah, that, in that yeah. second half. I just hope that he's not aggravated mm. anything there. I just once mm. or twice when he got up, it almost looked like mm. yeah uh, he, he 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 was nursing his shoulder. Um, and you know, I think you're right, Luatua in for Jeffries, but to have Jeffries on the bench, thank you very much. Uh, okay then, boys. Well, let's go for some predictions. Um, I'm not even going to bother about Miles this week. No, not, not even going to go that there. Actually, having said that, I think he probably was the closest last week. He predicted a uh, a two point win, hmm. nineteen twenty one. So that's about his only redeeming point. I mean, the this only week in the only lives. prediction you can re- make with regards. To Miles is whether he's in a bother coming again. To be honest, well, that's it, or whether we let him. Yeah. Uh, okay, Pete. Then, what do you think? Uh, Bristol against Northampton. Your prediction, please. Well, I, I clearly, playing the averages and playing the, the, the what we've discussed, it's going to be high scoring but close. So I'm going to go for 38. I know 38. 33 win for Bristol 38 33 <laughs> bish, why not bish, bosh. I'm so depressed for after Friday got a just won a game full of points <laughs> Lee your thoughts I've got a feeling I'm going to be spot on this week I don't know oh, why yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, absolutely on my, I'm putting money on it as well because I, I did lose a few quid on uh, Ari Facker scoring the first try in Bristol to win by 6 to 10 points on Friday <laughs> I'm going to go for a 32 25 Bristol Bears win Tim 32-25 so we're all we're all going high scores and and Bristol win do you know I think the boys are going to do it I think um, you know this little bit of momentum although we we got out of jail very much at the wreck uh, I'm going to go for a um, 28-27 win oh don't think I could take that. No, Paddy's not going to take that. Okay, so um, in some other news this week, um, 
six of uh, the people that have come through the academy, players that have come through the academy, have uh, signed new contracts. Again, I don't think we know how long the contracts nope. are. They're just contract ex- extensions. Uh, but Will Capon, uh, Joe Jenkins, Diego Bailey, James Dunn, Andrew Turner and Aaron Tull have all had their contracts extended. Pete, your uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'd say, you know, it's, it's all part of the, the long-term planning, isn't it? We, we've invested in alignment uh, to do with all through our teams the new training ground they all go up there so this is what we want to see and, and those boys are obviously the, the pick of the bunch um, I think Capon definitely is a good signing because I think he's, he's, he's you know terrible injury problems this season but I think he is a really really good alternative great hands good scrummager mm-hmm. intelligent good head on, on, on well on youngish shoulders mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm glad to see he signed local boy well spoken local boy obviously and uh, yeah the others yeah I mean um, we Diego Bailey a bit unfortunate to get that injury when he should have taken the mark a few games ago so it's good to see him because he we felt as though he'd, he'd broken in this season a little bit yeah. Um, so good that they've got faith in him, and I think Andrew Turner's a tight head, isn't he? He's the tight. He's one Luke of the tight heads, I think. Or is he? Yeah. Oh, he's always well, a prop, isn't he? Yeah. So uh, we we need, yeah, like any any club needs to to churn through a few big lads for the scrum. So yeah, let's let's hope that they, you know, in about you know a couple of years' time, we'll be talking about them putting in match man of the match performances in the first team. Oh, I'd like to. Say as well, James Dunn and Jenkins. I think that's Jenkins definitely. They're yeah, two yeah. players for the. You know, I mean, all of these guys are right. obviously you know players for the future. But I think those two in particular could play a massive role in our kind of resurgence. And Jenkins. And, I mean, Jenkins did turn out in Europe, didn't he? Or a couple of the European games, did he? I mean, he looked yeah, good yeah, when well, he played. He started against. Uh, yeah, yeah. He came on against Sarri. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. as well. and he he got injured. Didn't, didn't he? Out of place no, at all. he looks good. That's my only worry. Is he going to be a little injury prone? Because I think he, he he had a year out, didn't he? Yeah. With an injury. He's he, come back. He's got yeah, injured. He he's did. Nineteen. He did, but I think it is those kind of the the way he plays as mm. well. I think he is going to pick up these injuries at this age, mm. but I think as he develops, I mean, he's still growing. I mean, mm. it, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? But the guy is still mm. growing, and I think give him a couple of years, I think we will we will see less of those injuries and more of the player. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the interesting ones for me is, um, is it, and I, I'm really pleased as well that Will Capon is staying. Now, we have heard on the grapevine that potentially Harry Thacker is very close, if not has signed uh, a new deal with Bristol. You know, that's that's just putting two and two together from what, what we've heard on the, the street. But then uh, you would assume Fred Davis is going to stay with us mm. next year. What does that mean, do you think, for Byrne and Kerr? Surely one, Exit. if not two of them, are, are on the way out? Yeah, I mean, again, we're saying like the talk on the street is is that Kerr would definitely be on the move, I think, at the end of the season. And I think Byrne as well is, you know, it's, it's been quite frustrating with Byrne, hasn't it? Because like, he, he earned me so much money in the beginning. But, he, he, you know, he got that awful injury, didn't he? He was out for a long spell, and I think it's just kind of curtailed his is Bear's career and I think we have well we know now we've got players coming through and I you know obviously we're only talking one position you mm. know you can only have so many kind of mm. players and you know to fill that role so I, I personally I see them both leaving someone else will have to step up to be the uh, human cement mixer mm. Mm. 
Uh, okay, we uh, we also had uh, uh, another convincing win for the uh, women's team uh, this weekend, 15, uh, 59-10 against the University of Worcester Warriors, as they're uh, referred to now. And from uh, a difficult season, I think Bears women now are up to about fourth in the table, so that's really yeah. good to see them turning round um, uh, the their season. Uh, something that uh, caught my eye as well with the whole uh, England Wales game and whether they're going to play or not, and were the you know Wales team going to strike? Um, the fact that they've now reduced that sixty cap limit for players. Uh, unless you have 60 caps you can't play for Wales um, outside of Wales they've reduced that to 25 now I did think is that going to have any impact on the Bears so I had a quick uh, quick Google to see how many caps that Callum Sheedy has got but he's got 16 so it, it doesn't does, look like he's adding to him as well anytime soon does it doesn't look like it at the moment so you, well, you just wonder well having said that I mean, Wales may have to start looking at as many options as they can. Well, you could say. I, His I reputation thought, has gone up. I, I thought Wales were still on straight strike the way I saw, saw them play yesterday. But uh, no, in all fairness, I, I don't see Sheedy playing under Gatland at all. I don't think he's, he's the type of player that Gatland would be. But didn't Gatland give him the... Was it Gatland uh, or Pivak? It was Pivak, was it? Definitely Yeah. So no, I mean that will make it interesting uh, towards uh, you know the end of the season because I think Sheedy must be up for kind of contract renewal, um, uh, and that I think, gentlemen, is probably a wrap for tonight. I've got uh, any more gossip. Well, do you want to say about what we heard on the grapevine this week, muck gossip? Well, we could. We could say, and again, it is, I mean, it's speculation season, as we've all said, haven't we? And this could be us putting two together, two and two together and making mm-hmm. 25. Yeah. But I don't know if we should just put it out there. We should just say maybe Pat's looking north of the border for uh, f- for a couple of signings, should we say? And we're not talking kind of Gloucestershire or Worcestershire there. North of the border. North of the English border. But mm-hmm. Bristol fans could have some signings. Sometime soon. Yeah. Signings. Signings. Mm. Signings. Plural. Mm. Potentially Scotland internationals mm. and also uh, a lion, if I uh, yes. am, am remember rightly. Yes. So uh, so there we are. We'll see if this comes to fruition. As I say, it is speculation, nothing confirmed. But uh, we might be seeing a uh, certainly one Scotland international uh, coming south of the border. Okay, they knew. Hey. <laughs> okay, well, that's it for this show. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a review or rating for us on your favourite podcast platform. We'll be back with our thoughts on the Saints result and a preview of the visit of Harlequins to the gate. Until then, goodbye, stay lucky and come on, Briz. Hold up. 